Well, it, there there probably could be some inbreeding shit going on in the greater Green Bay, Green Bay area. Yeah, but it's definitely possible. My brother lives there. Yeah, yeah. Don't know what to do with your kielbasa. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're everywhere. <laughs> All you can eat. All right. That's fun. Oh, we are experiencing yeah. technical difficulties. <laughs> One of my um, absolute favorite uh, award shows for years has been the Golden Globes. Um, they keep it on a on a tight time schedule. It's not like the Oscars, and they ramble on forever, and they always go well beyond their their time limitations. I've always enjoyed the Golden Globes, um, and the Golden Globes, as we welcome you to this four hundred and forty third episode of Unscripted, and also. My favorite episode of the week, our Freeform Friday episode. Chris is on our uh, Twitter account right now looking for what people are talking about. But I wanted to open this Freeform Friday edition a little different than, some, you know, it's a new year. What the hell? Try something different. Um, it's funny. When I was in the radio business, I always had a question, a poll question every day. Ron Barr hated it. That's probably why I did it. But it was un, it was wildly, unbelievably successful. I'd come up with some of the weirdest stuff. And the thing that was always good about it was people that would never call a talk show would call a talk show to talk about this. You know, uh, I remember a talk, uh, a, a poll question I had one time was, was, uh, was Archie Bunker a racist? Well, of course he was. That's what the beauty of the show was. But the calls that I got... And they weren't even talking about sports. They wanted to get in on the poll question. And that's, you know, and that's one of the reasons that why Ron hated it. It was unbelievable uh, revenue source for calls. Because, again, you would get people involved that would never generally call a sports talk radio show. A lot of people were always hesitant to call a sports talk radio show because they thought that they would be, they would sound stupid. And... <laughs> You know what? A lot of times they were stupid. But for some people, that's a big thing to call a, a talk show. You know, it's funny. I don't know how many calls I took over my career, but I myself have never called a talk show. Mm. Never. I don't think I've, I have either. I've called in to be a guest oh, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, but I'm, But not just as Joe Blow whatever and call in... <clears throat> Welcome to the Chris Fluke Show, um, and um, here, welcome to Sports Overnight America. I'm your host, Chris Fluke, and uh, 1-800-966-BLOW-YOUR-NOSE. This is our number, and as much as I would love to talk to Chris, I would not call into Chris's talk show. No disrespect to Chris. Scares the hell out of me. I can take the calls, but I can't. I can take the calls, but I can't make the calls. I'm just weird that way. Um, but I want to know. With the Golden Globes on Sunday night from Los Angeles, in all the years the Golden Globes has been going on, who is your choice as the best host or hostess of this event? This year's uh, MC is Ricky Gervais. I can't stand that no-talent hack, and so that's why I probably 
will mute when he speaks when I'm watching the Golden Globes tomorrow. But I want to know if you even have a favorite. I do. I think these two individuals were unbelievably good at it a couple years ago, and I wish that they'd invite them back. But I want to ask the boss, who do you think or who was your choice as the best host or hostess of the Golden Globe Awards, which again happened on Sunday night from Hollywood? Ricky Gervais is an interesting case for me because in practice, I don't really care for him. His comedy doesn't really speak to me. The Office UK is way too awkward to watch, but he is a leading voice for both atheism and animal rights. And I, I appreciate I appreciate the things that he values and I appreciate the things he stands up for and I appreciate his convictions. Sure. So now when I have the little bit of Golden Globes I've seen with him, I appreciate that he just drinks beer and says he doesn't give a shit. And that, <laughs> like, I, I don't mind that. Like, I, I get that whole shtick. It's the gold. Like, he he wouldn't do if he did that at the Oscars. It wouldn't work because it it it's uh, that that's seen as a prestigious event. And I don't think he would try that. But at the Golden Globes, it makes sense to just like this is stupid. Like, when I laughed the one time he came out and he said. He said, like, Jesus Christ, this show could have been over in 45 minutes straight, and it's been two and a half hours. Like, so I get it. So, I, And even you can probably appreciate that stuff. But uh, a lot of his stuff is a little bit weird for yeah. a mainstream American audience. It, it doesn't quite translate. So he's a weird choice there. I do agree with getting a comedian, though. I think if I was in, tr- in charge, I would get Bill Burr. Or nice. Some, right? That, nice. I think, right? I mean, how, how, like... Imagine, imagine, imagine the viewership. You had Bill Burr or Dave Chappelle or someone like that. Can you imagine the viewers? Did you see, I, I didn't talk to you over the holidays, but did you see um, Eddie Murphy came back mm-hmm. for the first time in a hundred years. Yeah, yeah. He came back to host the Christmas episode of Saturday Night Live. And while he's doing his monologue, out strolls out Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, and Tracy Morgan. Oh no! That I, was I, really cool. I think I might watch that episode, but I haven't. I haven't seen it yet. No. That was really cool. Um, but to answer your question, yeah. uh, I, I was just looking at a list of all of the answers, and like the only ones I remember seeing or that were memorable at all in any way or got any real traction were. I know you're a big fan of uh, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, and of course, uh, I, I mean, have you ever watched the show Thirty Rock? I have. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've we've watched the whole series and uh, it's excellent. And yeah, those two are great and they have great chemistry. And so they're they're a really nice choice. I would still prefer a more uh, a more balls to the wall sort of a host. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it does, and it can be a woman. Like I don't. I certainly don't. Have, I have no problem with Amy Poehler and Tina Fey. I think they're great. And uh, I mean, you could put a Lisa Lampanelli out there and have her. Just... Oh, I don't. You know, I was just going to say Lisa, <laughs> but then I thought in the back of my mind, you'd you'd have to every. Oh, it'd be fun. It'd be fun, I think. I, so, I yeah. love Lisa Lampanelli, but I think she's too too uh, a little too filthy for a primetime awards. Maybe, show. but I think that's what we need. I think the era Hey, of... black boy in the front row, and it and she wouldn't say black boy if it was if oh, it was Oh yeah, on... no, there's there I think she understands there's some limitations to the Golden Globes <laughs> as opposed to her uncensored comedy show. I think she gets that and she and I mean reasonable stuff like that. She wouldn't just become all G rated. Which you wouldn't want anyway. We wouldn't Why want hire that her? anyway? Because that isn't Lisa Lampanelli. Exactly. But I, I, it is nice to see that we're going away from the really stuffy old thing. Like you have to be eighty years old to right. to uh, be in the Academy or to even watch the Oscars. Like we're getting away from that, I think. And so it's not as stuffy. And I, I think that's the future. Going to a younger, yeah. more edgy crowd for sure but uh yeah i mean overall i don't really put too much stock in award shows overall well my votes as chris mentioned mine would have been uh, amy poehler and tina fey they were awesome a couple years ago they were funny they were uh on time with um the way they cut into each other and and uh 
obviously that camaraderie of working together back in numerous projects, those two going back to their SNL days. I would love to see Amy Poehler and Tina Fey again. I think they're excellent. They're funny. They're uh, topical. And I think that they would be a great addition as not permanent hosts. I don't think you can do that. Um, I don't think we've had a permanent host ever in anything. I think Billy Crystal came pretty close yeah, yeah. in my lifetime. Yeah, really I did. know that even before my time, like Bob Hope, Johnny Carson, they were regulars at doing the, the hosting duties of the Oscars. But in my lifetime, um, Billy Crystal has been probably as close as, to, as there can be to a permanent host of the Oscars, and he's excellent. But for the Golden Globes, I'd like to see Amy Poehler and Tina Fey once again. As again, we welcome you to this 443rd episode of Unscripted, our Free Forum Friday episode, a great way to put a finishing wrap on the week of shows. And uh, since I've wasted enough time today on Tina, Ray, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, uh, let's get right over to the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Fluke, and get this Free Forum Friday party started here on Unscripted, sir. Okay, saintly female drifter at Eggshell Friend. I don't understand any of that. I but have no idea what you're talking me about. Me neither, no. So that's the name of this Twitter account anyway. So the tweet, though, I appreciate. If you don't like pickles, keep that shit to yourself. That's fucking embarrassing. <laughs> if you don't like pickles. <laughs> I'm sorry, I love pickles. Me too. And I, I don't think you can have a true sandwich without a pickle on it. So um i love pickles i tell anybody i don't like i will say this i'm a dill pickle guy i'm not a sweet pickle meat and i totally agree with that i can't do the sweet, sweet pickles. pickles are weird they're really weird yeah they're texturally weird and they taste weird dill pickles i'm there yeah i'm your sure. guy for sure yeah you bet oh yeah like a, can you imagine having like a barbecue burger without some pickles on it like oh, well you know i out. was listening you know the other day i was listening to still to this day one of my favorite episodes ever of unstripted and I don't remember them by name or number, but this one I do. Episode 207, Sin City, because of the great poker player. And you and I went on a rambit. I started it going on a tangent about the Calgary Stampede. And I was out walking the other day, and I turned that bad boy on, and I just started laughing. That's still one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> that and the one... We, 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 I don't remember the number. It was 320-something, and we started talking about Vegas. And we spent the whole episode talking about Vegas. We got involved with Cosmo, and we got involved with um, a guy at the Venetian. And I was talking about camping to me starts at, is staying at the Monte Carlo instead of the Venetian. And then we started talking about the guy that I was sitting next to in the Venetian that split queens on a six-up. And it was just... <laughs> those are two of my favorite episodes. And... I, I just I, I just love those episodes, but Sin City or Sin whatever, and again, it was because John Sin had won the World Series of Poker, and you had made mention of that, but I went off about the Calgary Stampede and the $300 to go to a and get a shitty piece of bun and, on, and, and the stale meat on a shitty piece of bun, but the highlight was the pickles. You cannot have a sandwich, even with shitty meat, if you don't have pickles, I don't even try to eat it. Yep. God, that's weird. <laughs> if you're listening out there, go back to episode 207. If, you're, if your heartstrings are, are in line with the Calgary Stampede, then probably don't listen to episode 207 because I ripped the Stampede. Chris has some interesting things about the Stampede, but the best part about it, remember when I asked you, does our mayor know about Alpha or Delta House or whatever? 
Oh my God, that's still my best, uh, my favorite episode ever. It's funny. I have to think about what my favorites are. That's a good one. That's what we should do one year. We'll have a top 10 unscripted episodes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, I've just really made two. Through. I've just mentioned two. Yeah, yeah. I've really looked through that. Okay. M-O- We've got a lot of them now, and it's hard to go through. Oh, them. yeah. Like I mean, oh, geez, well, we're at, of- right now, we're at, as we speak here today, it is January the 4th. And we're on episode number 443. Yeah, we've been doing this for two and a half years, often four episodes a week. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, that's, it's yeah. a lot. Like, I have to, sometimes I scroll through and I'm like, oh, I for, I always have to check. Like, so when I name each episode, I and have to. And you do to... an unbelievable job at that. That oh, is really you. good how you do that. And, yeah. you know, I would have to put in the part since you started putting that little blurb in the beginning as a little teaser. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Oh, it's. That's beautiful. I, it I'll sets the to tone yeah. for the whole episode. Mm-hmm. When I say something stupid and I say something stupid and you 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 put it and highlight it at the beginning, it just makes it, this is what you're getting into. I know. It's if, beautiful. If there's one thing I could go back and tell myself when we started, it would be like, do that. And I'd, I wish they all had that at the beginning. And, oh, my uh, God. Yeah, it's it has been great. I love to sometimes I'll just... I won't even listen to all the whole episodes. I'll just load up a few. I'll just scroll through the last bunch of unscripted episodes and just listen to the first part at each one. Yeah. I'll, I'll just go through and listen to them all. Yeah. And uh, I really do enjoy doing that. But yeah, like the other day I had that one of you and I just, just huh? And then, yeah. and then music, like huh? music. And like this, I just, I, I love it. Boom. I and I just, if we, if, if we had known about this at episode 207, I can't imagine what you would have used as the clip oh, yeah, in front of Sin Air or Sin City or whatever Sin it was. City, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I guess, yeah, that would be, think about it, just thinking about it. Now that we're at 443 episodes, you sit here and you think, you gotta, I bet you have to go back and make sure that you don't double dip sometimes. Yeah, well, so what I do is I've got a, I've got a Google document, so like Google's version of Microsoft Word, and I've got it, it's up to, I don't know, 50 pages now, that document, and it's every single one of our episode wow. names and titles. So all I do, I just go control F and I, and I search the entire document. If we've ever used this title before, yeah. it tells me. Wow. Right. So, uh, so that just would so help. I never na- yeah. yeah. Just so I don't name it twice, but see, I'm so stupid. I'd have to go through all 443 oh, no. episodes. <laughs> oh yeah. No, it takes me two seconds, but I usually remember like there's some titles obviously we've never used before, but right. sometimes I have to double check just to make sure there's been a couple of times I've gone to use one and we have used it before. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, uh, MLB Network Radio on Sirius XM at MLB Network Radio. Casey Stern, if there's one thing that you could change about the game right now, it would be what? Trevor Bauer, the announcers. Mm-hmm. His exact quote, if you're going to have people staying home to watch baseball and they turn it on and all they hear about is how bad baseball is, they're going to go watch WWE. Your thoughts, sir? It's a great, you know what? That is a great, a great uh, thing to say. I don't know. I don't have another word for it at this point. I mean, I think, you know, that's part of the reason why people tuned in to Chicago Cubs games for years, because even though the team sucked, they were going to be entertained by listening to Harry Carey and, you know, and see how many beers well, we he could drink. still have to watch that. Oh, uh, we do. No uh, question. Well, I want to show you at least one clip before you go home today. Yeah. Okay. Um, but think about the great announcers that we have I mean, how does a guy, and I was very fortunate in the five years that I lived in the Southland, I lived in the Los Angeles area, I got to listen to Vin Scully every night. And there would be times, that instead of listening to the Yahoos on the television, you turn the volume down on the television, put the radio up, and it's Vin Scully. And that, there isn't much better than that. 
I mean, and and I totally agree with this. Um, they set the tone, and if they don't set it well, you are going to find something else to watch, especially in this day and age. When I was growing up, you didn't have the options that you do now, and you had to stick with those guys or turn the volume down. Um, we have been very fortunate in Milwaukee since the very beginning to have Bob Euchre calling games for the Brewers. Um, the Dodgers had Vin Scully for 68 years. Um, pretty good. The Yankees have had John Sterling for ever and ever. Amen. Um, the Boston Red Sox have had, uh, Joe, uh, Tony Conigliaro and my old buddy, Tim Neverett, who I am going to get on. I'm scripted sometime this year. Uh, we did communicate over the holidays. So I was very excited to hear about that. So I couldn't agree more that the announcers set the tone for you. You know, it's funny. One of the things that I remember most about the Montreal Expos, besides they got screwed in 1994 by Bud Selig and uh, the players and the owners for going on strike, but people don't realize because they didn't have the big market and they didn't have a big television contract. But one of the best announcers that I ever heard calling a baseball game was the great Dave Van Horn for the Montreal Expos. But when the Montreal Expos moved to Washington, they didn't, Dave, Dave uh, Van Horn didn't move with them. That's a shame. The Washington Nationals are losing something there. So I couldn't agree more with this guy. The, the announcers set the tone and if they're on a, they're having a bad day or they just suck in general, um, you will find something else to watch. There's no question about it. I couldn't agree with that statement more. All right. I thought you'd appreciate this one. Jeopardy Sports at Jeopardy Sports. You'll often hear this phrase being shouted after someone sleeps with their cousin. What is Roll Tide? Oh, my God. You know, um, I found out over the holidays. I can't name the names, but I know someone in my wife's family that married a first cousin. First cousin. Oh, yeah. That's special Alabama shit there. Um, so, yeah, I I was a little taken aback. It answers a lot of questions. I'll tell you who it is off air. But um, I was shocked to find out that I, I am, by marriage, related to somebody that married his first cousin. And you wonder why there are problems with the kid. <laughs> Jeez. Speaking of 30 Rock, which we talked about earlier, there's that one funny scene where Alec Baldwin's there and they're at some, you know, I don't know, it's some European count who's like, you know, it's, and he's just, he, the guy is so messed up and Alec Baldwin's like centuries of inbreeding of, you know, rendered yeah. him like this. Well, <laughs> you know, the embroidery companies are getting screwed when you don't have to embroider. Like a lot of people when they get married, maybe obviously you and your terrific wife, Martina, got a present with bed linens or pillowcases, mm -hmm. especially the pillowcases are embroidered with the new, you know, like mm -hmm. for Judy would be uh, whatever, whatever, Judy. But in this case, when first cousins are marrying first cousins, their last name stays the same. <laughs> That's sick. <laughs> next topic that's funny i'm gonna get in trouble if i keep going uh, with this that's funny I, that's that's still funny when that that one guy in wisconsin that huge packer friend when he met a girl last name packer oh yeah and then he took her name yeah. because yeah. they wanted they wanted to be the he packers wanted, they wanted to be the packers yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that's pretty funny yeah anyway well there there probably could be some inbreeding shit going on in the greater green bear green bay area yeah but it's definitely possible my brother lives there yeah yeah don't know what to do with your kielbasa uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> They're everywhere. <laughs> All you can eat. All right. That's fun. Yikes. We are experiencing Yikes. technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah. Please stand by. We are, sure. Uh, you don't necessarily have to comment on this one. I just wanted to, I just like the headline, not sports center at not sports center. And this was from New Year's Eve report. Ball drop experts, Des Bryant, Ted Ginn, and Nelson Aguilar will be on Times Square to make sure there are no problems. Okay. That's, that's, that's all. That's all. All I got to say. Okay. I did watch the ball come down at 10 o'clock in Calgary. That would be midnight, obviously, in New York. And I was going back and forth between Seacrest on ABC and Steve Harvey on Fox. Mm-hmm. I wasn't on Fox very long. Steve Harvey needs to stick to Family, family feud, feud and beauty pageants. No, well, he shouldn't stick to beauty pageants well, either because he can't get the year. He can't get the he can't get the country right. Or no, can't he got get the, the year, year right. Wrong. Yeah, what do you got? He, he got the, the country right one year, a wrong one year. Yeah, and he got the year wrong one year on New Year's Eve. Right, so he shouldn't do either. He family shouldn't do, feud, but family, family feud. feud should be it. His talk show is history. You know that. Yeah, Steve, thank God. But I'm not a huge Ryan Seacrest fan, but I will say this: he's very smooth. He does He's a good very job. good. He does a great job. He does a good job. Not a big fan of him. I think he, you know, I think Chris, at, at, to be fair, I think he's probably gotten a little, like Joe Buck in some cases, I think that these guys have become a little overexposed. We see them too much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think with his morning talk show and then and everything he does, he does a radio, he does a morning talk show in LA. He's on in the morning with, uh, used to be Regis and this girl, and now it's, Kelly and Ryan and I mean he's just maybe to the point of being overexposed but I I, in fairness I have to be fair he does an excellent job he keeps the program moving he doesn't make mistakes and when he does he just has a very smooth way of transitioning back to where he needed to be and unlike Steve Harvey who looks like he should be holding a janitor's map instead of a microphone in my opinion Mm -hmm. okay fan duel at fan duel who is the last coach you'd want your favorite team to hire that's a great question. Um, the last coach that I'd want the Packers to hire. Um, well, we'll say that McCarthy is not an option. No. Uh, and um, you know what? McCarthy did a lot of good things in 13 years. I know, man. but obviously they're not bringing him back. But I mean, no, no like, it, like, what are we, like, Jason Garrett? Who are we looking at here for you? I, I don't want Urban Meyer coaching my Packers. Not really. Okay. Um, Urban wow. Meyer um, is a fantastic football coach, proven credentials. But I think he's. Uh, I think he'd be difficult to work with. I think he's a micromanager. Um, there's a reason that Urban Meyer needed to quit for health reasons at the University of Florida, and then again for the same health reasons at Ohio State University. I think he drives himself to the brink of almost exhaustion, and I think that that has because he is a micromanager. He needs to have his finger on every aspect of every part of the whole program and i think that would be tough especially with a team that's community owned mm-hmm. and i think that's why he couldn't really realistically coach the dallas cowboys because i think he'd want too much power where you've got jerry and his two idiot sons so i just i i, I respect urban meyer not a big fan but i would not want to see urban meyer be the coach at 1265 lombardi avenue yeah, that's fair. Okay. All right, Josh Parcell, Josh Parcell. This is the best Ron Rivera story I've ever seen. So I wanted to bring this up. I know we talked about yeah. him a bit, but uh, I, I really think this is great. And uh, you might have heard this week, he got rid of the ping pong tables and the shuffle, shuffleboard tables already. Uh, with that, though, I will say, yeah, 
shuffleboard for sure. Get rid of it. Ping pong is good for hand-eye coordination. I yeah. don't, I don't, I don't mind them having. A ping I think pong obviously table, the message he's sending is he wants them to be there to concentrate on football. Yeah, yeah. So I, I appreciate that. That's fine. Anyway, Rivera recalled a story from early in his Panthers tenure when he publicly took the blame for his players' fail- failure to execute the coach's plan. The following day, he read a quote from one of his players in the newspaper that set him off. This player said, You know, this is how we did it last year. Worked out great for us. I'm not sure why he wants to change things, Rivera recalled. And I frickin' lost my mind. I had this PowerPoint presentation all set, but instead, I walked into this meeting, I had the newspaper rolled up, and I got in front of the team. I said, Let me tell you guys something. Just so you fucking guys understand this. If you do things the way we ask, the way you're coached, the way it's planned, and it works, you guys will get all the kudos. If it falls on me, uh, sorry, if it, uh, oh, I think I'm missing part, but if it fails, basically, it falls on me because that's what I'm telling you. But if you go out and do your own damn thing and we fucking lose, it's on you and I will never fall on the sword for you again. That's fucking bullshit. Sit there and say that what we did last year worked. So two and 14 was fucking good enough for you. Fuck you. And I threw the paper down and walked out. Well, and that's what Washington needs. Washington needs some leadership. They need some direction. They need to be led. I think there's I think it's been a little bit too loosey goosey country club around Washington under Jay Gruden and maybe even to some extent going back to the Shanahan days. Shanahan was not as good a coach in Washington as he was certainly in Denver when he won two Super Bowls. And I just really believe and and you know what? I know in my heart of hearts, as well as Matt LaFleur has done this year in Green Bay, bringing that team to 13-3 and in a first-round bye, the coach of the year in the National Football League should be Kyle Shanahan of the San Francisco 49ers. Because of what he's done, this team has been really not very good for many, many years, pretty much since Coach Walsh was running things in uh, San Francisco. Shanahan, to me, deserves to be the coach of the year. Having said all that, though, the reason that those guys are great coaches is because they have a way of getting things done. They have a proven track record of success, and the way they do things should not be questioned. And when you're 2-14, and you shouldn't be opening your goddamn mouth because you need some kind of leadership, and you need to follow a plan, follow a program. And if the results result in another 2-14 and season, then we can change. But... I also remember Ron Rivera as a guy who played a great middle linebacker or an outside linebacker, I can't remember, but he played linebacker. Obviously, he was a middle linebacker in Chicago because they had a guy named Singletary there when the Bears were dominant in that 86 season. But Rivera was on that team, and he was one of the leaders on that team. He was also one of the leaders, and he was an academic All-American when he was at the University of California where he went to and played collegiately. Ron Rivera is a winner. I truly believe that this is the best hire that the Washington Redskins have made coaching-wise since they hired Joe Gibbs the first time. And if they give him the proper time and bring in some people to help him, legitimate football people, I think the Washington Redskins have made the best hire that they've made in two decades. And I hope, for Ron Rivera's sake, because I think he's a class guy, I hope they exceed expectations in Washington because we need a a dominant team out of that NFC Eastern division. And I'd rather it be the Redskins than the Cowboys for damn sure. Mm -hmm. And if Dallas ends up fourth, I'm okay with that too. Yeah. Okay. Only in Florida at Florida crazy. Here's two headlines for you. Which one do you like better? Uh, First one, Florida couple arrested for selling tickets to heaven. And 
Number two, drunk Florida man tries to use taco as ID after his car catches fire at Taco Bell. Number two. <laughs> I knew you'd like that. Number two. Got to go with <laughs> Mike number two. Mike always defaults to the one where someone's drunk. Yep, absolutely. It used to be some old habits. Um, <laughs> and I know about weird people in Florida. My mother and her husband, Phil. Um, we had a great conversation over the Christmas holiday season. Uh, thank you. I appreciate everything you did. Um, I know that my mother and I, my birth mother and I, have not always had the best relationship over the past, oh shit, 30 years, but um, we made progress uh, over the holidays, and um, Phil has a lot to do with this, but um, I want to thank my mother for um, actually listening to me and what some of my concerns were. Um, I appreciated it very much, and I hope that we can continue making progress. Okay. You know how hard that was for me to say? No, I'd, uh, but uh, I'm, I'm glad shocked you did. by that. Hey, mm-hmm. that's, this is a good place to uh, say things. You know, I was talking to my one buddy uh, a few months ago, and he said, hey, I kind of want to start a podcast. And I'm like, oh, okay, What's it, what do you want it to be about? And he's like, oh, you know, just my thoughts on things, whatever. I'm like, okay, well, you might want to narrow it down a little bit just to, you know, try to speak to some audience. And He's, he basically said he just needs it as that sort of expression. Like people people need to express themselves. People need to be heard. And that's a nice outlet I know for us here. And uh, a lot of people really don't get that. I can tell doing customer service on the phone. Like a lot of people, never mind expressing yourself artistically or having a podcast or anything like that or singing or doing art. Never mind that. Just a lot of people just don't have anyone to even listen to them ever say a sentence and properly listen and care what they say. And I try to offer that on the when I'm on the phones at work, but yeah, it's a, it's, it's a really important thing to have some sort of expression and outlet. Well, you know, it's funny. One of the things that I really learned over the holiday season this time was that there were some people that listened to unscripted just because Chris and I speak the truth and they may not agree with everything that we say, but at least they enjoy and they continue to listen because they're interested to hear what we're going to say next, and they trust us. And I thought that that was one of the greatest compliments that they could give us, whereas they maybe, again, they don't agree with everything that we say, but they they realize that with our passion, uh, that we're saying it from the heart. It doesn't just come, you know, flippant off the top of our head. We actually think about what we say before we say it, and I took that as a great compliment, and uh, I hope that that person continues to listen. Well, I've always tried to bring that authenticity, which I know was different, um, you know, because you said in the radio days, a lot of times you were just saying something just to elicit a response, get them to call in, and you almost and you kind of mentioned that in this episode as well here. And uh, I know there's a really provocative way to do that. There's this guy named Steven Crowder. I don't know if you know him. He's more of a right-wing political guy. But what he does, instead of just posing the question, if he wants people to react strongly, he will just say a, he will say one side of it and say, change my mind. Like he'll say, yeah. he'll say Donald Trump's the best president ever. Change my mind. And right. then people just go lose their mind because right. they're just like, are you stupid? And they just lose, the, they freak out. Well, you know, the sorry, but you know, the biggest difference um, is you get feedback right away. Whereas we don't get feedback right away. Um, You get feedback. I'd throw something out there and the first caller might come out and say, well, you're full of shit. Well, thank you for letting me know. I appreciate your call. We don't get that instant feedback via this like you would with an open phone line. I had nine phone lines. So my phone lines were always ringing and I always had, it was always funny. It was always pretty much like, 
50-50 as to what the response was going to be. But uh, I, you change your ideologies real quick sometimes when you get that kind of instant feedback. Here we get to be a little bit more, and we're, not, we're also not regulated by the CRTC in Canada or the FCC down in the United States. Um, there's a lot of things that we say on this program and a lot of podcasts, not just us. There's a lot of podcasts out there. Most of them aren't as good as ours. Um, but um, you are not inhibited by any way, shape, or form as to what you say in this forum. And you live and die with the consequences. And I think that the thing that has made us better than where we were 442 episodes ago is that we're confident in our abilities that what we're saying is what we believe. Whether people don't believe it or not, that's fine. But whereas, yes, I, I'll tell you right now, folks, when I was working for Ron Barr especially, I was driven to get so many calls per night. And so, yes, I said some ridiculous things that I didn't truly believe in, but you also, at the time slot that I was in, I was hitting the biggest markets in the continental, well, certainly in the continental United States when you're talking about New York, Chicago, early drive in L.A., but you're getting, I had a prime seat. I had from 6 until 9 p.m. That was prime seat because you had New York, you had Chicago, you had Atlanta, you had Miami, you had, uh, you had them all. Boston. And, bo- oh, for sure, Boston. Oh, fuck yeah. And KNR in Cleveland, WOAI in Miami. So I had all the big ones. And Ron probably didn't want to put me there, but he, Ron was also, and I, this is hard for me to say, but giving Ron Barr credit is very difficult for me to say, but Ron also knew that I drew them in, and my phone lines never dried up, and I said some things that I didn't truly agree with because I was driven to get so many callers. That's how, that's how you verified the time slap that you got and more importantly, the advertisers that would advertise on my show. That's obviously, that's how I get paid, is, how, is the advertisers and how much of a marketing budget and how much we were charging them for a 30 or a 60 minutes or 60 second spot. That's all dependent on the host. And I obviously was very good at it because I had, a be- I had the best time slot on the whole damn yard. So, yeah, I, I said a lot of things I didn't believe in, but... This is a different forum. And what I'm saying here now, and Chris realized this because I really, I just heard it again in another, within our first 10 episodes, you said, I, you said to me that I believe you're telling the truth here. And I said, Chris, I am telling the truth here because I'm not mandated by Ron Barr or the CRTC or the FCC or by callers or by advertisers. I am free, free willy to say whatever I want. And that's the beautiful part of Unscripted. Perfect. Okay. Well, just I'll end off with this. So this is visual proof here. So there's a picture of a guy getting a birthday present, or sorry, a Christmas present. See yep, that? Got it. Okay. And so he says, so this is uh, Mikey D at 3KingMe3. And he says, for Christmas this year, my stepbrother got me a printout of all the strip clubs in Las Vegas and a stack of $1 bills. <laughs> okay. I am a veteran of strip clubs in Las Vegas. That's Previous to my wonderful wife, Judy. What? I thought it said on your Visa thing that it was a tire shop. I thought you were buying tires. You just said you're all authentic. Then you go and buy tires, and then you lie about it. I know. I know. I did get I did get busted once uh, in that uh, in that uh, uh, gentleman's club. But in my opinion, 
there is only one strip club now in Las Vegas. And it's called the Spearmint Rhino. They bring in their girls on a weekly basis from Los Angeles and San Diego. And it is the most beautiful spot <laughs> in Las Vegas. During the nighttime, of course. Um, there is, I, I don't, you know, yes, do I, did I used to know where all the hot spots were for that kind of stuff in Las Vegas? Absolutely. Um, but right now there is one King and the King is alive and well in the greater Las Vegas Valley in regard to gentlemen's clubs. And that is the Spearmint Rhino. And I'm still waiting for the Spearmint Rhino to give Chris or I a call to come on as advertisers of Unscripted, but it is, it is a different league. It is a different animal. And if you uh, are in a, uh, in a bachelor party situation in Las Vegas and you haven't been to the Spearmint Rhino, I strongly suggest you do that. It'll be a, an experience you don't forget. And that's all I'm going to say. We got to run. Um, I'm going to get in trouble if I keep opening my <laughs> mouth as I be honest here. Um, we've got to run on this 443rd episode of Unscripted. As always, we thank you for being a part of the show and truly, truly, truly hope that you continue to do so. Remember, Chris has worked diligently hard to get our nine different social media avenues up for your viewing and listening pleasure. So please visit one of those. And as I always say, if you take the time to contact us, we will certainly put your comment, your question, your criticism, whatever it is, we will certainly put it on Unscripted Air here with Unscripted with Mike and Chris. Having said all that, for the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.